thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hi, for those of you who do not know me, for those of you who I haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Laura and it is great to be with you today. We are continuing in our Freedom of Summer series, uh, Summer of Freedom even, you know, either way around, we'll go with Summer of Freedom. Uh, This is the second week uh, and I get to be with you and I get to share with you today, which I'm super excited about. Uh, And we are looking at what to do with freedom. Now, last week, Andy opened the series up and uh, his topic, the thing that he talked about is freedom. Is it really what we think it is? And he did a great job last week. And if you haven't watched that, if you haven't seen it, I'd really encourage you to go back and watch On Demand. Uh, It was really, really, I'm slightly biased, but I do think it was really great. Um, and I guess last week, Andy spent some time unpacking what are we free from? He, he spent some of his time handcuffed to a bin, dragging it around the stage, and he was looking at what are we free from? So today, I think, really what we're wanting to push into and think about is not just what are we free from, but what are we free for? Last week, uh, Andy looked at um, substitutionary atonement, these massive words. He looked at the person of Jesus and what Jesus did for us. And today I want to spend some time looking at staying free, particularly looking at the person of the Holy Spirit uh, and what the Holy Spirit wants to to do with us and in us and through us. But I don't know uh, how you have found your recent kind of um, (laughs) gallivanting, cool, gallivanting into freedom. Uh, Maybe some of you have been gallivanting. Maybe some of us need to gallivant a little bit more. Uh, As the restrictions have lifted, there have been a few moments where I've been like, I don't actually know what to do with this new freedom I have. Uh, I can remember really clearly when uh, I went on the motorway for the first time after I hadn't been allowed to go for more than like three miles further than my house and I was driving on the motorway, I'm not the best driver anyway, but I was on the motorway going, oh my gosh, I've forgotten how to do this. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I went to London for the first time in like two years. I actually forgot what I normally do to get a train. Like I forgot the normal processes that I go through. All of a sudden, I had this freedom. And I just felt a little bit overwhelmed by it, if I'm honest. And so I want to spend some time today looking at what we do with that freedom. And yeah, spending some time talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. I understand that if you are someone who is maybe not a follower of Jesus, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, maybe you're watching online for the first time today or you're here in the room for the first time, that talking about the Holy Spirit can feel a little bit strange. Even for some of us who have been followers of Jesus for years, talking about the person of the Holy Spirit can feel a little bit odd. Uh, And there is so much that can be said about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And I'm gonna try and like really, I like the word smush, smush it in today uh, and try and kind of unpack some of that a little bit. But I wanna start by talking about who the Holy Spirit is because it's really important that we understand that. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God uh, is a person, The Holy Spirit uh, lives in us. Uh, The Holy Spirit lives in the world around us. And the Spirit of God speaks to us. The Spirit of God transforms who we are. The Spirit of God loves us and loves other people through us. The Spirit of God comforts us, guides us. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God has a will. The Spirit of God can be tested. The Spirit of God can be grieved, can be resisted. All of these things. But today I want to focus on the Holy Spirit bringing us freedom. 
And I guess the key verse that we're going to keep coming back to today is this one in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 16 and 17, where it says, but whoever, uh, sorry, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the, for the Spirit, for the Lord is Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, Last week, we looked at what we were free from. This week, we are pressing more into what we are free to do. When the Spirit of God is living in your life, what are you called to do with that freedom? So first up, I believe that one of the key things is that you are, have freedom to know and to be known by God. Uh, For those of you who know Andy, uh, know me, we are married. That's an important part of the stories I'm going to tell you today, that you know that about us. Um, But Andy and I have now been married for about 11 years. And there are things that you learn about people and ways that you learn about living with somebody after you've been married a little while. And one of the things that we have learned is that we can't play games together. It doesn't go well. We're both fairly spirited people uh, and we love playing games. And so we will have people around to our house, we will play games, but the best way now that we can manage ourselves is to be on separate teams because we don't play well together and so if we're on separate teams generally it's fine uh, but there is one game where being on the same team is completely unavoidable and so we now try not to play this game it's a game called Mr. and Mrs. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with that. Uh, you would often play it either with other couples or with other like, sets of friends who know each other really well. Um, and you are asked questions, and you or your partner will be the answer to that question. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, the way that they answer is that they raise the person's shoe who is the answer to that question. So for example, who is the most messy? If it's the woman, she raises her shoe. Now, Andy and I cannot play this together, because in the words of my husband, I get all the answers wrong, even the ones that are about me. And you can imagine that this causes a little bit of tension in our household. I, however, have decided that I just don't like the game because it's fundamentally flawed. You see, I think that you can do Mr. and Mrs. fairly well by just knowing about the other person. You don't actually have to have, this is me just doing the game down because I lose at it all the time, you don't actually have to have any real like intimacy with the other person. I could do a fair amount of research with a stranger and absolutely smash Mr and Mrs, unless I was playing with Andy. I think for me, what I really admire is when there is intimacy there, when you don't just know about someone, but you intimately know someone. And as I was writing this, as I was processing this talk, I began to think about how many of us, whether we're followers of Jesus or not, settle for not intimately knowing God, but just knowing an awful lot about him. You see, I believe that one of the things that we are free for is to be known by God and to know him. But it's not just knowing about him, it's having intimacy with him. You see, I think my calendar could be full of church events. I could read my Bible every day and win every single Bible quiz I did, not that I do that many. Um, I could uh, tell you all kinds of things about the person of Jesus. I could pray for you. You could look at my bank balance and see that I give to church really well. I reckon I could even do a pretty good talk, just knowing about God, but not having a deep intimacy with him. And for some of us, have we settled for knowing about God rather than intimately knowing him? You see, having freedom in the Holy Spirit is to, be, is to fully know God. And this, this intimacy is what we were created for. At the beginning of time, God created this garden and his, his heart for this garden is that 
he walked with humanity. There was this face-to-face relationship and interaction with who he is. There's a word for this intimacy, and I'm not really big into my Hebrew words, but there's a, there's a word called yadah, and I love it. I have it on a bracelet that I wear all the time. And it's this idea of deep intimacy. Not just knowing about, but deeply knowing. The same word is used when we talk about sex. The idea of a soul tie, a soul depth, an intangible intimacy with another person. And you were called to not just be intimately known by God, but to intimately know him in return. But in the Garden of Eden, humanity chose and and turned away from intimacy and turned towards separation with God. And ever since that moment, we were not able to handle the intimacy with God that we were created for. You know, it's not like in the Garden of Eden that like Adam and Eve did something, God threw his toys out the pram and went, right, that's it, I'm off, I don't care, I'm not talking to you guys anymore. That isn't it. That separation is there because we as humanity can no longer handle the holiness, the intensity of the presence of God in the way that we were created to. And that intimacy of the presence of God didn't last either at this point in the Bible. And the reality of the world that we live in today is that we will never know the fullness of the presence of God until we get into heaven. But we can get glimpses of it now. There's a guy in the Bible called Moses. And Moses, uh, a little further on from Genesis, prays for this yada, this like deep intimacy, this face-to-face encounter with God. And he experiences the presence of God. He really experiences it. But even then, when he has been in the presence of God, he has to wear a veil over his face. Because when he goes back out of the presence of God, the people that he lived amongst weren't able to cope with even God's reflection in his face. And those guys got encouraged because that reflection of God and his presence didn't last. It was something that faded. And from the moment that we chose separation over intimacy there has been something that stood in the way of our relationship with God. First of all, we were removed from a garden and angels stood and guarded over that separation. Then there was the veil that Moses wore and then there was a curtain that was put up in the temple between God's presence and his priests, humanity, because we again couldn't handle the intimacy of God that we were created for. But then came Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was torn in two separation was ended and intimacy was available again because when Jesus went back to heaven to be with God, he sent God's spirit to not just be in this world, but to live inside of us. The intimacy that we were created for is not just out there, but is invited to live inside of us as we are in relationship with God. In 2 Corinthians 3 verses 13 to 17, it says this, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see, the, not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil for they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We were created to, and we are free to, intimately know God and be known. But I wonder whether for some of us, we actually find it a little bit more comfortable hiding behind that veil. It's almost like 
um, separation with God feels easier, feels more comfortable than really letting God be intimate with who we are and what we're about. I think something that I've really learned over lockdown, where there was absolutely nowhere to run and nowhere to hide, is that I maybe have parts of my life where I didn't let God get intimately involved. I've got a relationship with God, sure. But if you imagine, if you saw last week, Andy walked around with this massive wheelie bin that he was handcuffed to, dragging it around, and he ended his talk by saying, we are free from this. But I think what I spent some of my time doing was knowing I was free from the bin, but maybe just I'd stand in front of it, uh, and I'd be like, all right, God, just look here. Just here, don't worry about this. I'm gonna sort that. You don't need to go near it. Right here, right in my eyes. But what God wants to do is open that bin, get inside and really get involved with the bin juices. I don't know if you've ever been in or near one of those bins. For any of you guys who have served at Youth or Kids on a Friday, you will know what is at the bottom of those bins. It is grim. Uh, I've spent Fridays where I've had to crawl inside of them and I promise you it was not a highlight for me. But God wants to get involved in that stuff. The stuff that is most vulnerable for you, is most broken for you. The stuff that God knows is in you, but you don't even want to admit it to yourself. And when we let the Spirit of God go to work on that stuff in us, in our most vulnerable spaces, that's where intimacy really begins. When you're most vulnerable with another human being, that's when you're your most intimate. And the same is true with God. But often I wonder whether we find separation more comfortable. We look at rom-coms, we look at the media, and constantly we're told to be searching for that other person, the person who will intimately know us and love us just as we are. There is only one relationship that can fulfill that, and that is the relationship you are free for, to be intimately known and intimately loved by your father. And so, Are you brave enough to step out from behind the veil? The other thing that I believe that we are free for is that we are free to see and to reflect who God is. And we're going to look at see first. Um, The thing I really love about following Jesus is that when we talk about freedom, you're not just free for you, not just free to like have a nice time. You're actually set free in order that you might free others and that you might like make a difference to the world around you. And seeing the world around you as God sees it is a really key part of that. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. I've already told you this morning that Andy and I don't play well together when it comes to games. The other thing that you need to know about Andy and myself is that we have completely polar opposite views on shopping. As you can imagine, I hate shopping and Andy loves it. That's not true. Uh, I love shopping. I really love shopping. If you, you know, I might get tired shopping, but give me a Five Guys milkshake, I'll pick right back up and have the time of my life. Andy hates shopping. It's almost like when he goes into or near a shop, this like allergic reaction begins. He becomes lethargic and moody and like just gets his phone out. He is an absolute nightmare when it comes to shopping. And uh, for our 10th wedding anniversary, just before lockdown happened, uh, Andy and I went on a holiday to Dubai, like a big holiday for our 10th wedding anniversary. And one of the things Dubai does really well 
is shopping. And Andy was willing to go to these shopping malls. And I, oh my goodness, I was so excited. It was like all my dreams had come true. And I think he saw them more as like tourist attractions than actual shopping malls, so I got away with it. Uh, and we went and had a really good time. I got to go shopping, I had the best time ever. And uh, there was one afternoon where it was kind of gray and cloudy, and Andy actually suggested that we stayed in this shopping mall, which was a pretty big idea. I've got these visions and just buying more clothes. But Andy's like, no, I want to go and check out this, these virtual reality headsets. Now, for those of you who don't know what VR and virtual reality is, is that you get a headset uh, that looks a lot like this one that's going to come up on the screen. And you kind of, uh, you see uh, a virtual world around you that you can walk around in and interact with. And I've got to be honest, compared to shopping, this didn't seem that exciting for me. My expectations were fairly low, but I figured, and he's been pretty good on the shopping front, fine, we'll do it. So we went in and we chose the program that we were going to engage with. We got all kitted up with like little backpacks on and stuff like that. Uh, and we went into this room. And again, I wasn't really expecting a lot, if I'm honest. And uh, we walked into this room and the room was completely black. There was nothing really in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Walked into the middle of the room, stood where I was told to stand, stuck this headset on. And oh my goodness, it was amazing. We played this game that was a kind of an Indiana Jones-esque adventure where you run and jump and you're flying through the air. And there were even these bits, and I hadn't even noticed it when I got into the room, where you could like pick stuff up to interact with. So there was a stick in there, and I got to like fight off these snakes that were trying to kill me. And there was a, like an orb that I had to hold and rescue and protect and run through this little world. I had, oh, I had such a good time. It was really amazing. But what happened during that game is that I was handed tools to see a greater reality that sat on top of the one in front of me. And when the Spirit of God lives inside of you, what happens is that you are free to interact with and free to see and engage with the, the kingdom and power of God breaking through into the current reality that you are a part of. I believe that we are called to join in God's story that is breaking through into the everyday right now. I believe that we are called to spot stuff and see stuff that the Spirit of God is doing. And sometimes that feels super normal, really normal. And it's just these tiny little nudges that if you're not looking out for them, you'll totally miss them. Um, one story would be that I was on a train and I saw uh, a car drive past that was the same as, as a friend's car, um, and her car was quite unusual, and I just felt like the Spirit of God inside of me prompt me to pray for my friend. So I just sat there and I prayed, and I sent her a little text message, just, just praying for you today, praying for you right now. Within a minute, my phone starts ringing, and she said, Laura, I've just been in a massive car crash. Um, I'm okay. My car's not okay, but I'm fine. Thank you so much for praying. There was another time when I had a dream uh, about a friend of mine. And when I think a dream is from God, it feels, it feels more real than my other dreams that are about like, mm, cheese. Um, they, they kind of feel heavier. They stay with me for longer. And my friend was in this dream and she was having a really tough time. And I hadn't spoken to this friend in about a year. So I kind of awkwardly call her up. I'm like, hi, I've had a dream about you. I know it sounds creepy. Uh, but we had this conversation and it turns out that she was being put, had a guy that was putting loads of pressure on her and really needed to talk to a friend about what she should do about this situation. Other gentle promptings have just been that I've kind of connected with a stranger and, and just something inside of me has told me there's a purpose for this relationship. Pursue it. Sometimes engaging with the Spirit of God and, and what the Spirit of God is doing in the world around us feels really normal and really, really ordinary. 
But I do believe that our expectations affect what we see. When I walked into that VR headset room, I didn't see any of the stuff that I could engage or use with. I just saw this black room because I wasn't expecting a lot. What do you expect God to do in you and through you today? When you woke up this morning, what did you expect God to do through you? Not at church here, but in your everyday normal stuff. How did you expect God to use you? Because God wants to give you tools, like I have my stick and like I have my orb. God has got tools that he wants you to use in this world. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 11, it says, um, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message, um, gives, uh, sorry, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And I've got some great stories of when God has given me these gifts to use in a situation, and I've seen God do incredible things. And I have other stories where I've been expectant for God to do something, and it just hasn't worked out the way I thought it would. (laughs) But do you know what? Either way, I want to be expectant. Either way, I want to be ready to be used. Because I know that for you and for me, if you are a follower of Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. And so are we expectant that God is going to use that? You see, you are free to engage in the world around you, to see God do some incredible stuff. You are not separate from this. This is not for somebody else to see. This is not for somebody else to engage in. You are free to engage in the greater spiritual reality that is going on around you. The question is, do you expect God to use you in that? Finally, I believe that we are also free to reflect who God is. Uh, Now, I am aware that I have stood on this stage before and talked to you girls about, girls? You guys about the Spice Girls. That was where that was going. Uh, to talk to you guys about the Spice Girls. And uh, it hasn't actually even been that long ago since I did that. And for the story that I'm about to tell you, it may well be that I become one of the people you slowly back away from in social situations. It's okay. I figure it's better that we're transparent with each other. Um, I used to absolutely love the Spice Girls. If I'm honest, you're going to see a little too much. Uh, I adored them. I have my posters of them over my walls, over my ceiling. I went and watched them at Wembley. Every day I got home from school, I watched Spice Girls the movie. And when I grew up, I wanted to live on a double-decker bus, just like the Spice Girls. That's still a little bit in my heart, but I think I've moved on from it. Uh, And one of the Spice Girls that I particularly loved was Jerry Halliwell. What I would have done as a child for a small union drag dress, you have no idea. I started to dress like Jerry Halliwell. I had shoes like her. Even now, as a 35-year-old, I have shoes like her, and I still have a Spice Girls t-shirt. I loved her. I knew that she spoke Spanish a little bit, so for a very short time, I tried to learn some Spanish. Um, I knew when her birthday was, so I sent her a birthday card. I told you I'm a little bit weird. I even learned her handwriting so that I could be like her. Yes, I did. I'm being honest this morning. Here is my vulnerability. Uh, But over time, I realized that maybe Jerry Halliwell, whilst she is great, isn't as great as I thought she was. She never sent me a birthday card back. You'll be sad to know. 
And I realized that maybe the person that I needed to be reflecting wasn't another fallen, broken individual, but was the God who had created me and transformed my life. And we are called and free to reflect the person of Jesus. When God's spirit is in you, you are free to reflect who he is because the spirit of God always points back to Jesus. In Galatians 5, it says, so I say, this is verse 16 and then we'll skip through to 22. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. In the song that we're using as kind of the intro theme to this series, it says you're free to do what you want to do. The incredible thing about the Spirit of God being in your life is that the Spirit of God actually changes what I want to do. Weirdly, I no longer want to reflect Jerry Halliwell. Strange. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> what I want to do now is reflect the person of Jesus. This isn't about me. I'm free from it. There's a beauty in being free from me. <laughs> free to walk away from lust and choose self-control. Free to walk away from anger and to choose kindness free to walk away from myself and to choose God. You are free and you are released for it not to be about you anymore. To be about your name, to be about your rights. When I chose to follow Jesus, I nailed my desires to the cross. When I followed Jesus, I chose to go by the way of a cross, to choose a cross where that veil was torn, the curtain was torn, and separation with God was ended, to the point that the place that I want to get to is the place where God wants me to be. This isn't about me anymore. What am I to do with my freedom? I am free to reflect the nature of God who created the universe. And I'm free from it being about me. And there is deep freedom in that. And so, what am I to do with freedom? I'm free to be known by God intimately and to know him intimately in return. I'm free to see the spirit of God moving in the world around me, but also to engage with it and play my part in it. I'm free of myself. <laughs> I'm free of holding on to stuff and things that I believe are my right. And I'm free to choose love and joy and peace and patience and reflect who Jesus is. My goal is the Spirit of God would live within me and that I might decrease so that Jesus might increase and people might come to know him and see him through my life. I'm free to play my part in reconciling this world back to God. And if you're here today or you're watching online and you're not a follower of Jesus, then the real key thing out of everything that I've said is that the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the point of the Holy Spirit is to point us back to Jesus to point us back to him and away from ourselves, to lift our eyes beyond ourselves and to him. And so if you're here online watching, if you're in the room, 
then I guess I have a couple of things for us to think about. In a moment, we're going to go into, go into a song, and I'd just love you to take that time to reflect and ask God what it is that he might want to do in and through you in this moment. I wonder whether for some of us, it's allowing God into some of those bin juices. It's to say, you know, I know a lot about God, but do I intimately know him? Are there parts of my life that even I don't want to admit to myself, but I know he wants to get involved in? Maybe for some of us, it's prayer that we would see God and we will be free to see God at work. Maybe there is a gift that God um, would want to give you, a gift of healing or prophecy. Or maybe it's just to increase your expectations of how God might want to use you. Or maybe it's that you would reflect God more. Maybe there is a, a, a something in your life, an issue, a thing going on, a relationship, a, a thing that you're clinging to. And today God wants to do a divine exchange. So let me take that and let me give you love, joy, peace, patience in exchange for that thing. So if you would like to stand, I'm going to pray. And we're going to go into our next song. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to invite the Spirit of God to move in this room. And maybe for some of us to do some business with God together. Jesus, I thank you that on the cross you ended separation between us and God. I thank you that we were created for intimacy with you. And through that intimacy, we might see you move in this world. We might engage in your kind of rule and reign in this world. But also we might reflect who you are. And so Jesus, as we spend a moment focusing on you, on who you are and what you've done, I ask that your spirit inside of us might prompt us to a deeper intimacy with you, a greater freedom. Jesus, would you meet with us? Amen.